Welcome to the Express Soul Health and Wellness Podcast. In each episode, you'll learn from experts about the best practices and technologies to live a happier, healthier, and hopefully a longer life. Here is your host, Claudia Erdinola. Hello, my name is Claudia Ordinola. Welcome to Express Soul Health and Wellness Podcast. Today, my featured guest is Dr. Sonia Ridi. Dr. Ridi is a dentist. She specializes in cosmetic dentistry as well as sleep apnea. Sleep apnea, yes, and that's the subject of today's podcast. Did you know that sleep apnea is as common on adults as in children? And your kids may be suffering from sleep apnea and you don't even know it. Dr. Riri is here with us today to deep dive into the subject as well as the prevention of Alzheimer's. Did you know that gum disease may be the cause of Alzheimer's and other inflammatory diseases in the body? This is incredible. We're going to talk about it today. So please stay through the conversation with Dr. Riri. And if you like the subject of our podcast, please subscribe. Here is the subscription button and hit the notification button as well. So every time we have a new content out there, you will be notified. Help us to get the word out there by subscribing. We really appreciate it. Also, check out our sponsors as we have great discounts for our listeners. And follow us in our social media outlets. We really appreciate your support. Thank you. Here with us, Dr. Sonia Ridi. Dr. Sonia Ridi, you are a dentist and a specialist on sleep apnea. For our listeners out there, what exactly is sleep apnea? Sleep apnea is when, when someone is asleep, they stop breathing. And a lot of times they do not know they stop breathing. And if they're stopping to breathe in the bouts of 10 seconds or over, that's called sleep apnea. Okay. And is this condition happen only on adults and is also happening on children? What is more common to find this condition? It goes undiagnosed in adults and kids. We're just l now learning that kids are also sleep apneic and kids can also snore and kids can also grind teeth. This is incredible because a lot of the parents that are listeners right now, they may think that some of this, let's say, uh, conditions, the, the kids are snoring a little, they're grinding the teeth a little. They may think it's okay and that is not something too severe. Uh, but we are learning that because of sleep apnea in kids, uh, maybe a lot of them are being misdiagnosed uh, with ADHD. I mean, you know, the, the attention deficit syndrome. So I would like for you to tell us a little bit about that. And I know that you have that experience with your daughter as well. Absolutely. There are a lot of people, I think, when they're diagnosed with ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, the symptoms look alike from patients that have had sleep apnea. So if the kids don't get proper sleep or seven hours of sleep and they behave the same way as um, adult, um, you know, the hyperactivity kid. So they're getting misdiagnosed by psychiatrists and counselors and even pediatricians that they deserve to be on medication. I found a non-medication approach for kids and adults, and it, it doesn't work for everybody, but there is a good amount of people we don't have to put them on medication. This is information that I want everybody to pay attention to, especially parents, uh, because, I mean, you may think it makes sense. Kids that are uh, groggy the next day, they're grumpy, they may be sleeping in class, they may be, uh, you know, talking over the, the, the teacher. I mean, some behavioral changes may be due to that they are not sleeping well. Um, so that makes totally change. So uh, it sense. So how we can take the parents, how we can tell them to pay attention? What are those um, little tips that we can give them away today for them to do at home? And maybe they can, uh, you know, find out if the kids, if their kids have uh, sleep apnea or not. There is a questionnaire on my website if someone is so, you know, really want to find out what is the score for their kid. 
it's on smileupdentistry.com and you can go find that uh, under sleep apnea. And I'm on Instagram and whatnot as well. But I think the real symptoms of, you know, finding out if the kid is rested or not, you can look at under eye bags in the morning. They do not look like they have enough rest. And then you can see lack of focus. You know, you tell the kid to do something, he's not able to do it. And lethargy, they're exhausted all the time. And uh, they don't listen to what patient parents have to say and they're defiant. So always try to think of like what is causing the defiance, you know. And um, at night, if you see, I told the parents, hey, record your child for five minutes. At night, it sounds creepy, but it's really, that's where you can see, is he a mouth breather? Is this kid not able to thrive at night? Is he snoring where he stops breathing? And I have a website that, you know, uh, there's more information on it, but if the kid is not able to sleep properly throughout the night and snoring or grinding teeth, take them to a dentist and or your physician, pediatricians. A lot of people, MD, 80% of the MDs are not able to diagnose sleep apnea. Can you believe that? Listen, I, I believe right now that <laughs> what we have to do as individuals and healthcare consumers is to take this issues in our hands and do as much as possible to um, you know, improve our health. And, and if we have to go and record our children, if we have to pay attention to those little symptoms, yes, because, I mean, we as, you know, or, or the parents are very close to the kids. Who else is going to do it? They are the ones at right. home, which are yes. all the time just monitoring their behavior. And if they are changing, it is a cause, a root cause for that. So I'm loving this conversation. And I know a lot of parents are going to find it very useful. So uh, for those listening out there, all of the links to uh, Dr. Riri's website, as well as her social media outlets are going to be listed in the description box below. And if you can use that questionnaire and, and go home and, you know, look at those questions and see if your child falls under those scores for the sleep apnea, please take immediate action. Just take it to the pediatrician, the physician, or the dentist, such as yourself, a specialist in, in a sleep apnea that can help. So now, second question, I, I have to believe that I see this very often, Dr. Riri, in, in, um, in kids that have overbite. And many times I think it's because they are sucking their thong. Is that also a factor that influences sleep apnea? Absolutely. Habits such as thumb sucking, mouth breathing, uh, tongue thrusting, and you know, mouth breathing, we talked about that. They all contribute to, we have, we have to really, they all tell a story. Your mouth tells a story. So really focus on what is this telling us? If they have high palate and narrow arch and teeth are crowded during childhood, you know, I think this can be stopped and we can actually recontour the jaw fully. It's almost like we're able to move the furniture in the room and place it in such a way that the crowding doesn't have to happen and doesn't have to be corrected later on. You can do stuff now to fix the problem so you don't have to put braces on every child when they grow up. You know, this is why this uh, outlet, this podcast is so important because it's all about prevention. We're talking about, you know, dental health prevention here with you. And um, those factors that can be corrected can be you know, life-changing for your child, for yourself if you're an adult with a sleep apnea. So, right. you know, it, it, I mean, imagine that you cannot rest at night. We know today with all of these doctors that we interview here in my podcast of the importance of good night sleeping. You know, they repeat over and over again that sleeping through the night, it is restorative to your organs, your cells, your body needs to rest deeply rest. So if you're not doing that important biological process properly, obviously during the day, um, you don't going to function as you should at your best potential. So moving into the adults right now, obviously, I guess it's easier for an adult that have a couple, you know, to the couple can can say, oh yeah, he's snoring. Oh, he, you know, toss and turn all night. He doesn't sleep at night as well as he used to be. So he has that feedback from the couple. 
But even from the ones that don't have a partner, they, um, they, you know, you're single. How do they can um, even get suspicious that they have a sleep apnea if they are, they don't know, they don't know somebody else giving them that feedback. I think um, adults have to also monitor themselves and see and not think that these subclinical symptoms in the morning, like you're constantly feeling tired, you're not able to focus and you have this brain fog and other, you know, symptoms like you have uncontrolled diabetes or, you know, like thyroid that you are not able to control. These subclinical symptoms, we are told to suppress that and think of it like, oh, you're an adult, you're a mom. You know, of course you can't sleep properly, but if you really dive it down, like like you were saying earlier, this podcast is very important because we're all taking control of our own health and asking the right questions. So if you're grinding your teeth constantly, you're feeling groggy, you're not 100%, um, seek help. You know, there's this, this podcast itself is giving so much information on go out there, you know, look for questionnaires out there. It's called Epworth Sleepiness Scale. We do that in our office. Every patient that comes in the office, we do the screening because sleep apnea is going undiagnosed and it's related to so many health conditions. I myself have seen in my office, I was able to help people that are like now diabetes control, control diabetes or not on medications for thyroid diseases. So there's so much of improvement can be done by having a good sleep hygiene, like you said, really good, like seven to eight hours of sleep because that's your body's restorative, you know? And so many people go from, oh, I can't sleep. I wake up every hour. I sleep on the couch because I can't sleep to wearing these appliances, getting tested and going to the, you know, I don't think a lot of people know you can go to the dentist to get screened. We do do home sleep study tests. So there's so much out there, but I think just knowing who you are to answer your question and how to help yourself is number one question. How do you feel when you wake up in the morning? So for those that are feeling those symptoms at the next day, that they don't feel rested, that they feel like they didn't um, really recover from the night, they are they are groggy, they're, you know, sleepy, they drive into the office and they fell asleep. During the day, they feel like they need to go and rest. Please, I, I highly encourage you to find an specialist on sleeping, such as yourself, dentists like you. I mean, you are in the state of Texas. So for my Texas uh, audience <laughs> out there, this is you. You guys are lucky that have Dr. Reedy there. But for those that are not in the same state, look for an specialist. And even you, you told me that you can see people also on 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 virtual consultation. Of course, um, some of those other things, testing that you do, have to be in person. Correct. Yes, majority of them, we can do a virtual test. And if I can't help you directly, I'll refer you to a doctor that can. So don't hesitate to contact people that you know, and we all part of a big network we can help. And not everybody needs a simple treatment. We really need to do a good screening for you. But number one is knowing for you that there's something not right. This is not how body functions. You're not meant to be constantly tired, falling asleep not able to finish conversations, which you started, and not able to tend to your families or cook or work out. And these are not okay. And for you to ask those questions, why, what is going on? Well, we are here asking all those questions. So I want the people to be also encouraged to ask questions and ask themselves, you know, this is normal. This is really how I should be sleeping like this. I feel the hair is messed up the next day. They feel like they were through the bottle, you know, the night, the night before. And, and the they first don't have thing a that, good hair day. <laughs> that is one of the things. But other than that, it's like they are going through the day with a heavy lift because they're tired. Yes. Now, we live in a very, I would say, like, a, you know, we as a population are, are very very motivated by the media to take medications for everything. Oh, you're not sleeping. If you, if you turn on the TV, you can find through the day several, several advertisements for the sleeping pills. Why? Because they know the sleeping well is not common in most Americans. This is just, it's a pop the pill. This is the solution. So for those right. out there listening, 
Um, before I'm getting on these protocols of the fields, which because they are like anything else, they are tools, they may work for some, but maybe not the solution for those that have the sleep apnea. Have you had that experience where people were taking those medications and after having the treatment, they don't need them anymore? Yes, I have had several patients tell me they have done everything, right? They've taken overdose of melatonin. And if you read research about melatonin, too much melatonin is not good. Even though our body makes it, we want body to make it naturally. If you listen to Huberman podcast and other Dave Ospreys, they talk about that. They talk about don't take artificial medications. It may help you one day, but um, that doesn't keep you asleep as well. If you are, you know, mouth breather, let's say you're not sleeping well then your sympathetic system is going off, which is fight or flight. So even though you fall asleep or even wine, right? A lot of people are like, oh, I have a glass of wine. I feel great. The quality of sleep when you have wine or melatonin or other sleep pills is not the same as your body naturally putting you to sleep. So even though it's a harder question to ask, how can I naturally go to bed and stay asleep uh, till the morning? And I think the solution is, you know, mouth taping. We talked about it before. When you're a mouth breather, that's going to react to, you know, fight or flight. Mouth taping, making sure your airway is not collapsed. It could be involved with soft palate. Soft palate is collapsing on you and, you know, you're not able to sleep better. Or the quality of the day, the uh, strength of your airway. So all of those assessments have to be made. And once they're made, Usually within a month of me providing them treatment, it could be myofunctional therapy or nasal release or the appliance. They're usually within a month, they come back to me, tell me that they're able to sleep so much better. Why they did not seek help earlier. So let's talk about the, the palate, because this is like in our bodies. We're not always looking our mouth right inside and see how our palate is. So for those that may have that problem, what is the corrective action uh, through dentistry? Um, we have tons of lasers that can strengthen the intraoral muscles. And we also give some exercises, tongue exercises. Let's say tongue tie, right? The, the small muscle fiber under your tongue can hold your tongue back. So you're not able to put it in the proper place, which is on the roof of the mouth. And that is causing sleep apnea because that is going back in your throat and causing the blockage. So we figured that out when you, when we do the home sleep test and we do the evaluation, we found out tongue tie is a problem or not a problem. If it is a problem, we can do lasers again to just, you know, kind of adjust the tongue tie and give you exercises to extend your tongue muscle, you know, either front of the mouth or back of the mouth. And you're just doing those exercises probably five or 10 minutes a day and strengthening those muscles. So, you know, we work out our whole body. We never work out our tongue or muscles, and they're very important for our sleep. And we want to keep our airway patent, which is open uh, during the sleep. So, Now that you mentioned, um, are some positions in yoga that are specifically through, to, to strengthen the neck, the tongue, and the mouth inside all the muscles? And are, actually, when you're doing it, you make funny faces, and you have to, you know, like really stretch your neck and have your tongue out, but it makes sense that we exercise those muscles as well. I mean, we're talking about the, one of the most essential parts of our lives, which is sleeping. You know, I mean, when we are sleeping, we are repairing our tissues. We are letting all of those, that information through the day to sink. You know, we have to have that rest time. And now that you mentioned Dr. Andrew Huberman, he's a huge proponent on making sure that you are respecting your circadian rhythms, that you sleep when it's dark and you are awake when it's the day. So first thing in the morning, you go and look at the sun and, and let that uh, daylight sun, you know, really get through your eyes. That will totally help you with your circadian rhythms and go and sleep at a reasonable time at night to none of the, you know, lights that are interfering with your sleeping devices that may be interfering with you and making sure that you do everything in your power to have a rested night. I mean, this is like, 
all of all of the doctors, not only Dr. Andrew Huberman, I would love to have it in my podcast probably one day, but maybe the other doctors that I am interviewing in different specialties, I'm talking about doctors that are specialized in the microbiome for neurological diseases. Um, I'm talking about the superhuman uh, uh, protocol, which is all of these technologies combined to, to bring this optimal uh, state of health. I'm talking about hormones, hormone replacement therapy. I got a doctor on, on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and a specialist on that, one of the first researchers on Viagra in this country. And he was telling us how important it is to sleep through the night and how uh, the hormones affect the sleeping, but also the sleeping affect the hormones. It's, it's, it's a full circle. So taking care of the sleeping can fix so many health conditions. And knowing that uh, somebody such as yourself that is a dentist also specializes in sleep apnea can help uh, to prevent or to reverse these conditions is very good because most of the people may think that sleep apnea, oh, I have to go to a doctor that isn't specialized, to a clinic that is specialized in sleeping. So what are those most common treatments for the sleep apnea that we see today? A lot of MDs are just prescribing a CPAP machine. And I think when you look out of the box and, you know, realize there's medications, obviously, like we talked about, uh, you can take and they're not a permanent fix. And CPAP is also not permanent fix because what it's doing is pumping positive airflow oxygen into your, into your lungs, which is good, but your diaphragm kind of over time forgets how to breathe and get rid of carbon dioxide from your body. So it works, definitely works. And if you are severe CPAPnic, this is really life-changing. But there are other modalities where you can get a lot better by really understanding what's the underlying cause. So when you talk about modalities, you know, people, I think, do understand that there is some oral appliances we can give to your, you know, give to patients where the jaw can be moved forward opening up again the patency of the airway or opening up and making it larger so you can get more volume. But it's always good for a person to start to learn to breathe by himself without the apneic episodes instead of another device kind of pumping air into your body because that's when your brain programs into, into you that you're actually breathing through it. So oral appliance therapies, there are multiple of them. Some of them are FDA approved and cleared, such as vivos, and they, when you use them consecutively for 18 months, we've seen significant improve, improvement in the sleep apnea um, modalities. Like if you're a severe sleep apnea, we've seen you become mild. That is, severe sleep apnea could be 40 times someone just stops breathing to we've seen it like four or five times after using this device for a period of time, along with Along with, we do sometimes myofunctional therapy, which is face yoga or tongue yoga, um, exercising your soft muscles. It could be palate, it could be your tongue, or it could be your lips that are not closing at night, causing you to mouth breathe. So there are all the modalities along with that, or tongue tie modalities, really seeing, okay, is your tongue the cause of that? Um, I think, and then we also give ENT referral or we'll look to see is there some kind of blockage going on in your nose? Because even if air is pumping into your body, you're not able to breathe through your nose, it's not going to be any good. So just, you know, blindly following a physician medication, which is like, oh, CPAP machine was recommended to me. I'm pretty much going to use this for the rest of my life, especially when it starts early. And we're seeing kids now, 20s, 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds, are not able to thrive or do well in sports because of sleep apnea, what are we going to do? Our solution cannot be CPAP machine from an 18-year-old onwards, and it's just going to impair their health. So I think breathing, nasal breathing training can be done, oral musculature improvement, which is myofunctional therapy. So, and different modalities can be done to improve your sleeping abilities. And people should know that. I will that. say that the Big takeaway from what you just said, uh, Dr. Riddy, which is so important, all of this information, I want everybody to pay so much attention to. But I think like the conclusion is, I, I want people to always 
question if there are more modalities and solutions, if there are other protocols, other treatments that can be done to solve the problem, the root problem. You know, when, when I start reading your bio, it's something that really catched my attention and I thought it was, it was perfect. Is when it says that your treatments are, when you look at the, at the, at the patient holistically, you look at everything that is happening in that person and not only the mouth, not the isolated part of the body at itself because it's always connected to the rest of the body. So that was something that I, I really like when I read about you. So for example, if a, if a new patient comes to your practice, what are like, like the first evaluations that you start doing in somebody? I get a lot of new patients come to me and they say, oh my God, I've never had a dentist ask me this many questions or go through questionnaires or do screening tests. They right away ask me, you're not a regular dentist, are you? And I'm like, well, you know, I am holistic, which is I always look at the root cause. I'm not looking at grinding because you're grinding. What is that cause? What is that making you grind? You know, and majority of it, it's underlying solutions. So we check for pH in the body. We check for inflammation in the body. And we look at airway by taking 3D scans. And so then we pretty much present to the patient. So my new patient appointments are like an hour and a half. And we go through your medical history to all these modalities I talked to you about. And then come up with a solution and let them know at least, you know, by the time they leave my office, they have a full understanding of what is going on in their mouth. Your mouth tells you a story. Your jaws are like the parents and your teeth are the child. So you can't look at teeth and say, oh my God, why are these teeth crooked or why are these grounding? Really, how are your jaws placed? How is the oral musculature around it? Which are like the environment, right? If a child is not behaving, you always have to ask, what kind of environment this kid is in? How are the parents? So I feel like, your teeth are the children, your jaws are the parents, and your oral musculature, which is soft tissue, palate, tongue, they're all the environment. So the teeth are basically put in a right, wrong place or the right place based on your tongue sometimes. A tongue, a patient that can push his tongue forward between the teeth always has a space between two teeth. No matter what we do, as cosmetic surgeon, I try to fix it by putting veneers because they hated the space between the tooth. Guess what? It comes back if you don't fix the tongue. Tongue is really strong and tongue can fall back in the throat and cause sleep apnea. So I think dentists have to look at everything in general and look at what's going on in their life. And any autoimmune diseases, they're all inflammation. Where is that starting from? Is your mouth causing that oral inflammation? Do you have a gum disease? You know, what is that that's not addressed? And we can, I know I have tons of great providers around me. They're also holistic. They also think like me. And my mission really is to go and get more and more physicians and MDs on board with this holistic way of living. And you know about my daughter, how I found solution. She was told she's ADHD. She had to get on a medication. And I knew they had to find something else because I was not going to put her on medication for the rest of her life, no matter what. And it's easy for parents. I was a working mom. It's easy to put her on medication Tell her to do what the school is telling her to do and get good grades. But that's not the route I took for her. And I found out she was a mouth breather, thumb sucker. And obviously, she's not optimized in her mouth to breathe properly through her nose. So we worked on her nose breathing. We got her, you know, oral appliance where she, she's got enough space for her tongue and moved all her jaw. Now she's beautiful, like looks beautiful because what we do with their oral appliance it's like a non-surgical facelift. You know, upper jaw grows beautifully, so you get natural cheekbones, and your lower jaw is where it's supposed to be. She had a jaw behind, so it kind of made it like a bird chin, and so that was moved forward. And, you know, other than that, like, she gets amazing grades now, and she's in volleyball and basketball and almost getting into varsity team. So I know Good we can do her. this. She's not depending on the on the on the appliances anymore. It was just the treatment for for some period of time, problem solved, move on with your life, 
be happy and grow like any other child, happy Absolutely. and at the fullest potential. That's amazing. Parents out there, listen at this testimonial with Dr. Riri because it's so much more we can do before we put some of our kids on medications that in many cases, Dr. Riri, are pretty addictive. They get uh, the, the kids pretty dependent on that. And, and, and that's, you're right, that's not the solution to that. MDs don't have a way to how you're going to stop all these medications, antidepressants. You know, a lot of them don't know. They will put them on medications and we don't know how to downregulate those medications. So now you're adding multiple medications. It's it's a mess. I'm sorry. I'm, a, I'm in medical field. I think there is a place for a lot of medications, acute care. But I think if there is a way to find other ways and holistic ways of healing, you know, I think you, we're that on the is right why track. you are here, Dr. Riri, at the Express All Health and Wellness Podcast, because here we discuss preventive ways, different protocols that are alternatives to just the traditional, conventional, and many times pharmacological solutions. We can do a lot to, to prevent um, our kids and adults to get uh, dependent on medications that with other protocols, they don't need it. And they can be totally healed, you know, in, in, and again, prevention. Prevention is at the core of everything. And you mentioned something a little ago about inflammation and all of the, uh, you know, diseases that are caused by inflammation of the body that start in the mouth. I was reading, um, actually some studies about the, the foundings on, on the, origins of Alzheimer's disease from the gum disease. And I was just like, and it was so good that I read that because you were coming to my show and I was thinking, this is appropriate. I can ask Dr. Riri about this. Is true that Alzheimer can be caused by gum disease? And how so? Isn't that crazy? It is. <laughs> yes. So gum disease is caused by a number of different bacteria and they're all anaerobic, which is they don't need oxygen to thrive. And they're under the preps of the gums and between the bone and the gum, they're eating and slowly chewing on the bone. So that, if you think about it, that can go into your bloodstream and it can go into multiple areas. We have previously found, I think the book named Good Genes, it talks about how the bacteria from the mouth is carried into your heart, causing heart diseases. And the sleep apnea, undiagnosed sleep apnea, is causing heart disease as well because hypertension. You're not sleeping well, it causes increased hypertension. And now the Tufts has released a study about this anaerobic bacteria is able to cross the blood-brain barrier and go into your brain and cause Alzheimer's. Again, you know, we don't know a lot about Alzheimer's, but it's also an inflammation. And it's inflammation of the brain at this point. So these bacteria is pretty lethal in, you know, in pretty much it does a lot of nasty things to your body. So it's better to not have gum disease and take your gum disease seriously. Go to your doctor. I have had so many patients come to me saying that I floss and brush all day and why do I have to go see a doctor or a dentist and get my teeth cleaned? Back to your point with the bacteria started in our mouths. I also think that it's, it's easier for that those organisms to find a way to your brain when you have what we call leaky gut. You know, when we got this... Uh, condition in our gut that, that we, we don't, we don't have a, a good microbiome. And as a result of that, the bacteria gets a way to get through your bloodstream and, and travel to your brain and causing all of these uh, inflammatory diseases. So can we say, Dr. Riri, that crooked teeth and gum disease are the cause of, of so many of these diseases? I mean, we're talking about not only the cosmetic part, of the crooked teeth is is not is is doesn't look pretty, but from the functional side, I mean, this is a big problem. With somebody is suffering from crooked teeth and gum disease, how many of diseases they can be preventing if they fix that? Absolutely, I think crooked teeth. A lot of people think, oh, I don't care. I've had 
you know, these teeth forever and I've married for 17 years. My wife doesn't care how it looks or my husband doesn't care. I don't care. And I've heard that so many times because people have a tendency to think crooked teeth are only cosmetic reasons. But crooked teeth, think about it, if they're crowded, then you're not able to clean properly, causing more, you know, bad microbiome to get in there and eat on the bone. So crooked teeth also cause imbalance in the bone, in the jaw. So if you're able to bite on one side and not on the other side, again, your trigger response is going up, which is a fight and flight. And the whole imbalance in the body can cause a lot of facial pain, chronic body aches, you know, shoulder aches. And if you see the person, they're compensating because one shoulder would be high than the other and they're compensating. And majority of these people have terrible neck aches, headaches that come from it. You know, so all the, the joint, if it's not even, it's going to trigger a response. And based on that, your whole body is off and your um, even C1 and C2, which is your spinal cord, is not proper and it's bent over, causing excessive strength and wear. Obviously, you cannot sleep well with all that, you know, hormones of fight and flight and adrenal release. So, yeah, everything is really crooked teeth. I say pretty people with pretty teeth or surviving good and they're usually pleasant. <laughs> you know, but the but the problem is that a lot of people, as you said, they relate the crooked teeth with cosmetics. Like I don't yeah. care. Oh, my nails are perfect, but I don't care that my teeth are crooked. You know, and yeah. they also are on the belief that it's too expensive to fix them, that they is out of our reach to fix their teeth. And I want you to I mean, we need to Take the people to this consciousness to to uh, emphasize the importance of having in a straight smile for health reasons. It's not only for the yes. cosmetics. You just outlined it real good. If you have them crooked, you cannot. You know they can. The teeth are gonna be crowded. You cannot clean them properly. It's gonna be all of this. You know decay of the of the bone and all of this bad organism. You know working in your mouth going through your bloodstream. You you might be getting sicker and sicker every day because of your teeth and you don't even know it. You don't even know it. Claudia. I had a patient, I had a, actually three patients last month and I talk about this on TikTok and Instagram, the DIY fixes for crooked teeth. So they just go, they think, oh, I'm just going to put fake veneers. Like you said, the common notion is dentistry is expensive to fix those teeth. Instead of getting a consult from the doctor, because a lot of times, if they're upset with, you know, like a gap between the tooth or whatnot, we can do pretty in inexpensive treatments. And there's so many out there that there's a wide variety of stuff that we can do. But instead of going to a doctor, they do DIY. They have done DIY braces or, you know, veneers that they bought off of Amazon or even a night guard. And I say, please stay away. I think if your podcast can talk to them about, yes, teeth are, we have to fix the health of the teeth along with them looking good because not just fix them to look good and then you're you know more messed up in terms of balance and that's not what we want so i really want to drive that out there is people that are doing diy make sure you go to a dentist get a consult get a second opinion there's a wide variety of like stuff we can do from really inexpensive you know teeth whitening to maybe some complicated veneers or even like bonding so there's a lot of stuff we can do, you know. And most of the insurances really cover your visit annually to, to the to the dentist. Just take advantage of those things. We, again, I think that oral health is super overlooked. And and it's because only only when you have something that is really, really hurting you is when you feel like I have to go. Preventative oral visitations to the dentist I think is so important so many things you can find in it again this is like every year most of the insurances give you one you know you know visit to the dentist take advantage as you add questions to your dentist make sure that your oral health is checked every year things can change from one year to the next think about what happened with COVID Dr. Reedy remember we were using our our mask every day well, all of the sudden, everybody have to go to the to the supermarket with the with the mask. Many of the states in the United States still are using it. But back into the COVID years, 
It was in daily and constant use. You see the people in the cars driving by themselves with the mask on. I just can't imagine how much that affect um, the the health of the mouth and the teeth. I mean, the oral health may be affected a lot by having those masks all the time. Is is that correct? Yes, we used to call this uh, phenomenon called the ma- mask mouth. So they're completely dry because if you think about it, if you wear the mask, your mouth breathing a whole lot. You cannot nasal breathe properly because you're breathing and out. It's really warm. So majority of the mouth breathing and the, we know the chronic effects of mouth breathing, which is dryness in your mouth, the oral microbiome is changed and you don't have enough saliva causing more decay, more gum disease and negligence as well because People that are mouth breathing during the day are also mouth breathing. And, you know, bad breath and terrible bacteria that's going with it. And, you know, change of the pH. Let's say you have eaten something acidic or drank a soda or something. You don't have enough saliva to balance that. So causing more diseases. Talking about acidity, you told me that part of the of the your diagnosis when you receive a new patient is that you tested the acidity on the mouth how do you do that I, they never do that on when i visit my dentist so people out there <laughs> ask your dentist to do it the next time you go yes we do two of those one is the ph of the mouth which is you just get a strip ph strips and we put it in the mouth for like 20 seconds and you can see if it's acidic or you know alkaline and if it's a neutral, that's very good. Acidity, you know, if you have, if the pH strip shows acidity, it's got something to do with your whole, you know, the way your body is reacting. That means you have high inflammation. So there's some kind of, you know, pills that I would recommend. I'm not a nutritionist by any means, but there's some stuff that normally is supposed to make it better, the whole body inflammation, along with the, you know, gum therapy that we, we recommend for these patients. And also what we do is we take microbiome from your mouth and put it under a slide so you can actually see what type of bacteria is in that microbiome. If it's more negative anaerobic and negative bacteria, that's the one we need to eliminate. In the study we talked about with Alzheimer's, there is a specific bacteria that causes really bad things. So if you see those kind of bacteria, we know what to do, which is you know gum therapy with ozone, to kill those kind of bacteria and improve the WBC of your body so that those are those can reduce the inflammation. So we are talking about gum disease and that is so common on people, and especially after COVID using all of those masks. Can people with a straight teeth still can have gum disease? Absolutely. Gum disease comes because of, you know, lack of care or even though you have straight teeth, if you are not really meticulous with, you know, taking care of your mouth and if you have other stuff like uncontrolled diabetes or pregnancy can affect the inflammation in your body very negatively. So even a small amount of plaque or infection in your mouth can cause huge, you know, inflammatory changes in your teeth. Okay. So how we can prevent that? I mean, other than the the regular protocols on cleaning, what to look for that you may say, oh my goodness, I may be developing the gum disease. Um, is that blood when we brush teeth? I mean, how, what we can look for in that case? I think majority of them complain of bad breath in spite of brushing and flossing and mouthwashes. And other things would be if you see receding gums, that is, you know, if you see visibly your gums are lowering in the teeth and teeth are looking longer and, of course, active bleeding when you floss. And that's not normal. Like people think bleeding when when they floss is normal, but it's really not normal. Think of your hand. Like when you touch it, if it starts bleeding, you would wonder what's going on. Same thing with the gums. Healthy gums do not bleed. That is good. So, Dr. Riddy, moving on, on on the oral health prevention for adults and for children, um, what would be like, because... Our kids, they learn from the habits of the adults. And that's, that's, uh, basically what happens at, at the, you know, households. It, you look after your parents. What they do, you do as a kid. Um, what would be those very, very healthy practices other than brushing their teeth normally that you will say, 
you should implement this with your children to prevent gum disease, to prevent, you know, oral diseases. I think, you know, like you said, I think it, kids don't listen to what parents say. Kids follow what parents do. So I think starting with healthy habits, right? Just positive outlook towards cleaning your teeth instead of, oh my God, if you don't brush your teeth, I'm going to take you to the dentist and dentist is going to pull your teeth. So let's start with a positive association with the dentist and oral habits, which is brushing your teeth, flossing your teeth, and just staying away from sweet candies or sticky gummy bears a bunch of times a day, right? Like if your kid really is craving for it, you want to spoil your kid, go for it. But maybe once a day, you know, instead of exposing them, you know, throughout the day or even, you know, even drinks, right? Like they go to birthday parties and they have like four different drinks and throughout the night, we consider 20 minutes as one exposure. Let's say you want to give your child a candy or a drink or orange juice for that matter, give it to them within that 20 minute period. So it's considered one exposure and they have the kid like rinse and brush his teeth or drink water to make that, you know, acidity go away and make it more neutral. So I think start with basics. And nutrition is so important, Dr. Reedy. I was getting, um, actually this week, we were talking with other doctors about latest statistics where they show that up, you know, in the normal American diet, the regular American family are consuming between 60 to 65% of overprocessed foods. That is horrible. But when we go to our school system, we see that the kids are being fed with the lunches that they're giving to kids in a school normally are between 65 to 75 processed foods. Let's say if the average is 70% over-processed foods, we are setting our new generation for a disaster because they're not getting highly nutritional, uh, you know, nutrient-dense food. Also, we're giving them with something that not only is not nutritional for them, it is detrimental to their health. And to the oral health, you just can't imagine. I mean, all of these sugars, all of these, uh, you know, colorants and, and all of these preservatives, is nothing good in it for health. So that I have to believe that it started by the microbiome in the mouth of our kids. If they are eating these foods that are not whole foods, natural foods, they have to be causing a lot of disruptions. Absolutely. That's one of the things we deal with all, all medical providers in that way. You know, kids are really quick to go to the processed foods and that's going to change the microbiome in the mouth and in your gut, causing them super sensitive to, you know, a lot of food allergies and lack of sleeping because, you know, these have high sugars. And I think some of the products that are used in these are known to cause ADHD like syndromes. So that is a huge problem we're facing these yes, days. It is more on the, again, getting aware of what is good and not for our children. What is the proper human diet? We didn't need these foods, uh, Dr. Reedy, 30, 40 years ago. I mean, all of this new convenience wave of living which is, is good in many ways. We got technologies that help us and assist us. You and I are talking through these devices that help us to communicate to the world. That's wonderful. But when we talk about the convenience on the food industry, they created this enormous um, industry around super processed foods that are bringing to the population this sensation of, satisfaction that is momentum because they really want them consuming more and more and more and again by doing that they are replacing the good whole food meals that they should be eating for the proper diet human diet for these other uh, products that are are not in any way good for your health uh, and you're right some of those are linked to to the you know a lot of the syndromes that we are seeing today, and 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 that is not good. Is uh, I mean, it's so much more that we can do just by nutrition, fixing the way we sleep. 
it's, it's just mind-blowing. People don't think about the association with one with another. Okay, Dr. Riri. So this, all of this information has been very, very, very informative. All of these um, conversations with you have been incredible. And I hope our people find um, all of these discussions um, appropriate. And again, uh, by learning uh, other ways to prevent uh, health conditions, we're helping others. Maybe uh, you have somebody at home, it could be your significant other, your children, your parents that have sleep apnea. And now with this episode today, you can have a lot of more um, elements to really think about if, if that is the case and how you can help them. So for those out there, um, please keep in mind all of the, all what we talk about today with Dr. Reedy and about oral prevention and about prevention of uh, inflammatory diseases, Alzheimer through the gum disease, something we didn't think through very often and is there, and, and also about sleep apnea. Um, I want to thank you, Dr. Riri, for this time with us. And for you out there, remember that the health is wealth for the body, mind, and soul. And if you like the content of our podcast, please, please subscribe and hit the notification button so you will be notified every time we have new content that is going to be of your interest. Also, if you're so kind to leave a five-star review, you will help this channel to grow and many other people to find our content on the web. For you also, Check our sponsors. We have tremendous discounts using our codes that are in the description box. And all the information about Dr. Riri is going to be included there as well. Thank you. And until next time, stay healthy. Thank you very much for listening. And if you like the information that we shared with you today, please subscribe to the Express Soul Health and Wellness Podcast and follow us in the social media outlets of your choice. Until next time, please remember, health is wealth for the body, mind and soul.